Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Monday, the first Monday of the season, of course. And it's such a joy to talk about football after the way Spurs played yesterday. Andy, what did we do then? Uh, well, we did do that with Kevin Day. It was great to have Kevin back in the studio, yeah. old friend of the show. Um, we had a chat about Paul Pogba and his trademarks. A bit of fun with that. Yeah. Um, and we talked about walking football. Yeah. Yeah, FIFA getting far too heavy-handed. That little bit of don't ask me. The producer's trying to socially distance as he records this on his phone. But he's got incredibly short arms. <laughs> Not, it's, it's very hard for him. Anyway, uh, here we go. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah. And uh, I start in the championship, surprisingly. Oh, good. That's, good. That, That's uh, great. Non-league Bournemouth, from your point yes, of view. Yes, very much so. Bournemouth, they uh, they won, they beat Blackburn 3-2. And yeah. uh, funny enough, Ryan Fraser texted me to say if he'd been playing, it might have been 4-2. <laughs> That's what he felt. <laughs> it was good of him to do that, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yeah, I'm Very sure nice he'll look at every uh, Bournemouth game through the Ryan Fraser prism <laughs> from now on. No but he had a, you know, a good, uh, yeah. good performance by Newcastle. We'll come on to that later on. On the day that Mike Ashley wants to get legal in the Premier League on the field, of course, things looking up a little bit with the team's performance the other day. Yeah, I, I, I thought Newcastle played uh, pretty well, actually. Mm. And uh, I think as long as they beat Fulton and Lettersford, they should be fine. Well, they're the big games. They're the ones that all Newcastle <laughs> fans look. Certainly Steve Bruce yeah. always looks at the Lettersford yeah. game, doesn't he, first off? Yeah, I mean, Everton yesterday, you, you'll, you'll have your sound spurs in a sec, of course. And uh, But I thought, mm. that, you know, the, the three signings did well. And it shows you, if you can field them and play them, and the same at Newcastle, their signings look good yeah. as well. So, you know, whereas Chelsea tonight, I don't think people should. I, I'd imagine they'll only start with one out of the five, and possibly two, but certainly three out of the five they bought are not available tonight. No. So, you know, so it's not going to be that different from last year, really. Still got that same keeper in goal. I mean, I noticed on Saturday that the Leeds keeper made a great save from that deflection. Yeah. But he's six foot five, six foot six. Kepper would never make that save. It loops over him. I mean, that Melly was at full stretch. So six foot just doesn't cut it, I don't no. think, these days. So, and but in the days, I mean, we treat it, it was almost like um, Joe Corrigan was a circus act. I remember yeah. as a kid, they used to say, oh, Manchester City, okay, six foot four, Joe Corrigan. We go, blimey, imagine yeah. being that big. Yeah, because when I started watching football, I mean, goalkeepers Eddie Hopkinson of Bolton, he was about five foot seven. Yeah. Hodgkinson, the same. Alan Hodgkinson, his name was five foot eight. Yeah, you know, I mean, goalkeeper. Even even in my goalkeepers, if you got one who was six foot one, you know. But and then yeah, say, was Peter Bonetti, five ten. Joe Corrigan was like keeper. a freak of nature. In fact, yeah. he wasn't. He, he for a Premier League keeper now. Wasn't I think you've got to be tall. six five six six now. No question about yeah. it. So okay, yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, well, I'll get this out of the way then. It's interesting mm. you talk about getting all your signings in because that has never been the Tottenham way. You know, you still think they'll be doing a little bit of uh, business on October the fifth. Uh, you would uh, guess um, and we'll come on uh, to it's a gamble isn't it because yeah. if the team's playing well then obviously they can look as if they're not that bothered but if the team play like yeah. they did yesterday when Daniel Levy goes to buy someone the, the, the buying selling club will go yeah well you're desperate aren't you yes and that's that one of the issues uh, the most worrying thing about yesterday was the, the lack of reaction uh, 
when they did go a goal behind. But the trouble is, I mean, Tottenham under Jose all the time are a very passive team. They play very passively. You saw that with the possession mm. stats. They don't have a great deal of the ball uh, and they're quite happy just to hit team. They play like the away team at home, which, as Jamie was saying yesterday, we've talked about on the show, you can get away with that when there's no fans in. It might be a little bit more difficult mm. with 58, 60,000 people saying, get on the ball and get on with it. So, I mean, Jose talking about the press was very odd. What press? I never really see much of a press with him. He, he, you know, they wait to get the ball back and then they hit teams on the break. So if you're a passive team and you play passively all the time, it's very hard to get on the front foot when you go a goal behind. So that yeah. seems to be one of the problems that, that Tottenham had. There was no increase in tempo or desire and they looked like a team. If that game was in December, you'd say that's a team that's looking to get the manager sacked before the window opens. <laughs> It had that kind of Maybe smell thinking, about it. Because having watched the programme, you look at Spurs in a different way. You feel like you know the players. Yeah. You feel like you know what's Well, they didn't know each up. other by the look of it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, the substitutions, it shows you was just slinging. I mean, Gary Neville alluded to it. Yeah. I think just, just slinging players, players on. on. You know, sticks It was a shapeless sort of performance. It was very and uh, Undon Ballet, when he came on, I mean, I know he's, he's wanting to get games and apparently at the end of episode... Uh, nine of uh, All or Nothing which I'll probably get round to within the next two years now not quite as keen to spend three hours of my life watching a, back, uh, a kind of behind the scenes documentary about Tottenham tonight but uh, Ndombele came on and sort of wandered about gave the ball away three or four times and there was a story in the paper today which I think made a bit more sense of, of Tottenham's performance it said strong man Max Glover 33 hiked 1,000 feet up a mountain near Cardiff with a 400 pound piano on his back for charity and I thought wasn't it great of all the Tottenham players <laughs> to pay tribute to that to play as if they were carrying a 400 pound piano on their back for uh, for most of that game so yeah. look he's only the first game but there were some pretty worrying signs Signs uh, in there, so uh, we'll see what happens next against Plovdiv on Thursday. Oh gosh! Wonder what sort of team we'll take out there. Yeah, it's difficult. I was hoping Amazon Prime were going to live stream the halftime team tour. It would have been good. And uh, Richarlison, I sent you a thing. It reminded me of the old Roger Davis. If you've never seen it, just yeah. put in Roger Davis miss Derby versus Chelsea. It was very similar to that. Rounding the keeper yeah. and then sticking it over the bar. I tell you, we, we do have a go at rest, but I th I've noticed something that I've seen in games recently, and especially on the weekend. Rest are sharper now on, on handball by an attacking player. It doesn't matter if it's accidental or they just blow up straight away, which is much better than letting a goal be scored. It's so annoying when a, a goal scored, a VAR review, it just flicked his hand. Now, as soon as they see it, to me it looks like they're just going, well, that's the end of the attack because there's no yeah, point yeah, carrying yeah. on with this attack. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Well, it's always nice to talk about a new book and in the company of an old pal. Kevin Day uh, is the author of Who Are You? 92 mm. Football Clubs and Why You Shouldn't Support Them. And, uh, yes, comedy writer, podcaster, and now author, of course, yeah. and uh, comedian. Good afternoon, Kev. Good to see you in the flesh after all this time. Oh, it's delightful to be back in the yeah. flesh. Let's, uh, let's just say it's available uh, to pre-order at Warstones and Amazon and then carry on talking about football because yeah. we'll talk about the book at another stage. We yeah. will have a good by Gary Lineker, though. Yeah, Gary Lineker's got his name on the cover more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his name on the cover twice. I'm only on it once. It's true. It's true. It is true. I'm a delightful young man, but uh, I, it was the first time I had to have words with the PR department. I go, Kevin, okay, is, is, is some kind of mistake. <laughs> the, the, the basic premise, the good thing is some people say, oh, I'll get a football book, but will my team get a mention? Well, if they're a football league club or a Premier League club, yes, they will. Yeah, they will. Unfortunately, uh, Barrow fans and Harrogate Town We'll have to wait for the paperback if there is one, please, God, right. because it was all over the place. Because at one stage, the, the mm. league, the EFL was saying that they weren't going to let the two teams who were promoted play because yeah. the, NF, uh, the NFL, because the National League might not be going ahead. So there was all sorts of timeline decisions. So unfortunately, those two clubs are not in it. So there's a hundred clubs altogether, and the last chapter is a very angry one about Berry. Right. And Steve Dale. And I hope somebody buys it for him quite shortly and it ruins his toilet break. <laughs> but it is, it's so nice. I'm, I'm excited about that, but I'm more excited about being back with you two. Two, two warnings. First of all, I've got what I think is a legitimate thing called CVA, which is COVID amnesia. Right. I can't remember anything before lockdown, so really? I'm genuinely, I am genuinely have to remind myself which of you was which, basically. <laughs> but then I felt, I'm sorry, the reason I'm happy is, as you can tell, because just before we came on air, one yeah. of the minions came in and said to Andy, I'm ever so sorry, we can't find your Japanese tea. Yeah, Andy's <laughs> special <laughs> Japanese tea has, got, has gone missing. And Andy's first words were, not in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a man of the people, I don't, yeah. want, the, I don't want the image I'm just, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's your tea called, Andy? Uh, Genmaisha. 
Gen Maisha. Nice. Yeah. Or as the producer once called it, Gen Maisha, which I thought was quite clever, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, yeah, what, what is it about? Well, it? I mean, what is it about the, the Gen Maisha? It's a, it's a Japanese green tea with roasted rice. It's a sort of... Talk sports changed, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, is, this is a very Radio 3 comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the fact that the poor little sod was terrified. He clearly was terrified. Because he can turn, yeah. and he can uh, go. He can just turn. He just said to me, time to skip. Shut up. <laughs> and his watch tells him to exit. Go on, have a skip round the studio. Give us a that. Michael McIntyre. I'm sorry, I, I thought you meant the producer was telling you it's time to skip and get onto some football. You're, you've got a watch that tells you to exercise. Yeah, yeah. his watch tells That's him to get up. Ridiculous. It's 55 years or too late, isn't it? Really? It's, quite, it's, it's quite abusive. Anyway, um, should, we do, should we do a little bit of Palace? Yes. Uh, that, wasn't, well that was a good result for you the other day. Well, it, uh, it's, it was a strange one because on the face of it, 30% possession... And our keeper had to make three genuinely oh, world-class saves. Brilliant save. really, one so, of but, them, yeah. But having said that, I thought we were the better team. And, and we've got 13 players out. And I would guess of the 11 that started on Saturday, only only Wilf and Gaeta would definitely start yeah. next time if everyone's fit. The back four is a, a makeshift back four. But we, we play, And also, I think somebody at Palace must have the transfer mm. checklist upside down because we keep bringing in young, exciting Talented midfield players. So, mm. Sure, I, I think there's four 35 year old defensive midfield players sitting at home going you, to an agent saying, You said Roy would definitely, <laughs> you said he'd definitely be in, but yeah. now, now we're buying all these young attacking players. Albie, yeah. and if we get Ben Rama, then I think we've had the best window going because getting back Shui in is. is if you get brilliant. Ben Rama and you've got Eze, uh, where does that leave Wilf? I mean, mm. what, what's your feeling? He did play very well. Was that a shot window performance or a man just happy to be playing his football at Palace? I hope it's the latter, funny. I, was, I watched it. Uh, all the games during lockdown I watched with my son mm-hmm. uh, and on Saturday a few of us went to the pub safely of course and it's much more fun shouting at a referee with mates than, yeah, of than on your own but that's interesting. But yeah. we were talking about the Wilf thing and one of my mates said that Wilf last year wouldn't have scored that goal he wouldn't have been in the box to get the ball in the first place he would have mm-hmm. sulked and sat on it and passed it back and tried to get Ward Prowse to foul him which is a, it's mm. a tedious battle, but every time we play Southampton, yeah. But I, I think the vibes coming. That's a terrible word, but the, the vibes coming out of the club are they're not expecting him to go, and that he's actually quite excited himself about the the range of new players coming in. The only trouble with that is if we get Ben Rama and Eze is a real coup, mm. but Wilf. But they're sort of the same player in a way. Yes, of um, course. Roy seems to have swapped a, a, a love for defensive midfield players for a love of players that can come in off the wing and. And shoot, and we've had that with Andros for quite some time. But mm. I mean, as they looked great when he came on. But I'm, I'm, I think my take is that Wilf will stay and be part of it because it's at the moment it's looking like the best squad we've had for quite some time. And also, I think Wilf is sensible enough to know if he wants one big payday, he might as well wait till this time next year. He's 27 now. Being 28 won't make much difference. And this time next year, if things are back to normal, he might be back towards 70, 80 million rather than the. 40, 50 mm. that we would probably get for him now. So I don't think his reasons to move are financial. I, I can't I can't see him going to Dortmund. Yeah. Even if Dortmund get if Sancho does leave, I can't see him going there because he didn't like being north of England. I don't see that he particularly like being in Germany. He speaks French, so that's an option, but none of the top six here would be remotely interested in him. You could see him in the French league though. You could see him being I, pretty effective. I there. think in a league where he's it's nowhere near as physical as here. Mm. I think he would he would thrive and flourish. He's a brilliant player, and we've talked about this before. My worry is that we will never quite see how brilliant he could have been. Yeah. I think I think the option that's gone. I think if the Saudis had bought Newcastle, I think he probably would have gone there with yeah. with a yeah, lot of other I think, people. I think but that's, that's possible. I do know that he's got disallowed goal was fascinating oh. to me because. His feet were well on side. All right, his head was on. You can't score with your head from the halfway line. <laughs> I, I, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> you, you take, I mean, the people in Sunday football have probably said, I could score with my head from the, the Everyone's <laughs> talking about the uh, John Moss changing his mind and going, that's, that's how VAR should work, that's brilliant. Mm. And in, in our desire to fall over ourselves to say that VAR finally did what it should have done a year ago, we forgot that that decision was absolutely ludicrous. It was absolute because his it was his, he was his feet were clearly behind the the central defender, his shoulder was in front of him. But as we now know, the shoulder doesn't count; it's armpit and below. So and again, so unless he was thinking of taking the ball around the keeper and then deliberately getting down on the ground and right. armpitting it in, decision. that was a really odd decision. But really it got is. it got overlooked because everyone was saying well, this is brilliant. And and John Moss's decision was he was right to overturn it. We were yeah. watching it together, and it clearly wasn't. It looked one of those where you could have sent either of them off. 
in first viewing, and then when you see it again, it's the right decision. But I don't know why he's expecting a round of applause for for, well, for doing the it. The only thing is, we had Mike Riley, the head of the referee, yeah. slightly skewed view of VAR last season, which meant that referees were told not to go to monitors. Now, it is better for, than they do. Well, exactly, because yeah. how many decisions would have gone the other way last season had the referee gone to the monitor? Because there was that thing about, you know, whether it was whether you could overturn it or not. They would take the VAR officials... Yeah. Uh, information on that, on uh, his view on it, which meant they never went to the monitor. Now, when he goes and looks at it again, he thinks, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at Burke now. I want to overturn yeah. that." Rather than having that conversation with the VAR official afterwards. Well, there's there's, there's two issues with that. One, it's it's quite embarrassing when you're halfway through singing "Cheerio, Cheerio, Cheerio" <laughs> to realise that he's actually coming back on again, <laughs> which really took the edge off him. Basically, yeah. imagine being there in person. Well, doing that. Exactly. that would have been worse. <laughs> in a pub, it's bad but, enough. But then, of course, it's that it's that you know we're, we weren't hanging on at the end. But there's, there's six minutes goes up, and, yeah. and if there'd been two more incidents like that, it would have been twelve minutes, and that's another worry that I've had from the start. That if if they keep and as what that's what will happen this season, they will keep going to the monitors. And we'll start seeing games at 105, 106 minutes long. And then somebody will score against Man United in the last minute of the 112th and it'll all kick off then. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll say, well, we're not going back to the monitors anymore. We're going to do it. Out. So it's it's clearly still not right. But that mm. that that is the way... I hate VAR with a passion. I, I think it's going to destroy the game eventually. But that if it's going to be used, that was the correct way to use yeah. it. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I think it's slightly embarrassing to have to make him do that odd crossing. He showed him the second part of the red card yeah. and then went, no, no, no. Yeah. And then got the yellow card. The mine. I was hoping he'd do the balloon and the wall. I was hoping he'd do a few, the flower. Do a few. It would be great if they could yeah. add some mimes to it. I mean, but, Kevin Day is with us in the yeah. studio. Yeah. Uh, we'll chat more about his book, Who Are You? Uh, and also, uh, we'll just chat a bit of football in all. Tottenham? Yes. Tottenham? Can we talk Tottenham? I think you're fine. We're not talking Tottenham no. today. We may touch on it. Uh, Kevin Day with us in the studio at Talksby and Jacobs here on Talksport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Comedian, comedy writer and uh, author and Palace fan Kevin Day with us in the studio. His new book, Who Are You, is out shortly. And uh, Andy and I made a very small contribution. He describes us in the book, as Kevin, as uh, TalkSport's equivalent of the Ravens in the Tower of London. That's not a Beaks gag, is it? I'm going to go out the Beaks. No, no, as, as you know, the, the tradition has it that should the Ravens ever leave the Tower of London, then the monarchy will fall. And it's, uh, it's the same if you two are never in TalkSport, then they'll be... That's nice. Yeah. Um, it's I was very about... much a compliment. Oh, that's good. Thank, Thank you, Kevin. I think about the psych- psychology of, of football, the post-lockdown period. Palace was safe, and they lost kind of seven in a row, something like that. Yeah, we won exactly. the first game and then lost y- yeah. seven in a row. And it's very interesting, that, because on Saturday, they won the one that counted. You know, it, it is that difference between when you know you're safe and when you're playing for a new season in a new way. So I thought that was interesting. You also, you asked me about Chelsea's third kit, and because, uh, of course, it is Palace's kit. And I was thinking it'd be quite fun to wear that tonight. We're really wet, right, wine brighten up, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that would be. Yeah, you probably they probably beat you though. That's, that <laughs> is the link, a red well, rag it, to a ball, a blue and red rag to a ball, isn't it? It's yeah. like well, that's it. talking about winning the first game. Was obviously somebody had to point out. It's the first time we've won a home game in the in the top flight since 1972, 
yeah. uh, season incident where we were relegated at the end of it, which oh, is like, in fact, okay. there's always somebody with that sort of fact. <laughs> but don't, is it that? I mean, that Chelsea third kit was, while it's Man United's third kit have taken some of the pressure off it. Yes, that, that third kit does look like the manufacturers. And somebody went, you know, you know that's Palace's kit, didn't you? And, and halfway down, yeah. they went, oh, is it really? <laughs> somebody else got red and blue stuff. I'm against. That's an issue that comes up in the book. Every I'm, I'm against third kits. I'm against wearing away kits if there's no colour clash. It oh, drives me out the yeah, wall. There's no, no. I, I also, I've got, I've got a dad who stopped going to football when goalkeepers started wearing gloves because he said that's it. <laughs> Peter Burnett is gardening gloves. Put the, ga- gas, the game's, the game's gone. gone. If, if, if you've got a games yeah. gone moment, yeah. then feel free to share it but with us. Like, that's, that's good. Talksport. That, let me just talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSH and J. Or go something to beat Kev's dad saying as soon as goalies wore gloves, the game had yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, um, well, also I've, I haven't had the. Uh, it turns out Exeter City have got a poet in residence. I, I can't tell my day. His health's fragile as it is at the moment. I, I think no, I, mean, I just got this image, of, this image of the doctor saying, well, he was all right last week. What happened? I said, oh, extra got a poet. I told him that. No. But that's interesting what you're saying, actually, about the psychology of the first day, because it, it, I, I can't remember being so happy about a, a win that doesn't really matter for a long time. It really gave everyone a spring and a step, but also mm. because for the first time, we've got a couple of new players who look like they wanted to play for Palace rather than they just ended up at another club. And even though you weren't there, it was it was so odd to be able to look out the window of the pub and see the floodlights of a game that you know you'd be at yeah. normally, and and resist the temptation to go up there and look because we all know where the cracks in the fences are. So it's part. It's quite a few. It's really. Yeah, you really felt like going up there and watching, but can't do that at Tottenham Stadium. No, you can't, you can't. No, well, not, not I easily. I don't. Halfway through the second half yesterday, nobody would have been. No, there, to go no, no I, wasn't, I was. I could barely watch I, the telly. Earlier in the show, I mentioned that there are a couple of teams I think we know already are going to go down. I didn't say who they were, but Blind Dave Healy, our old mate. Yeah, uh, uh, the West Brom fan. He, 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 he said, he said no, no, Andy. There's still 37 games left to play. I said, how do you know I meant? I wish I was that optimistic. Well, West Brom's kit. That's another strange kit. Well, West Brom are one of those teams where you, I, I know they have rivals, but they're one of those teams as a football fan, it feels, it's like Leeds in a way, yeah. it kind of feels right that they're in the, the Premier League and West Brom are kind of, I always look at them as like the, the Palace of the West, you know, sort of, you don't really know where the area is, and you, yeah. but you know most of the fans are from there and you kind of wish them well, but it's hard not to see them. Leicester didn't play particularly well and won quite comfortably. Yeah. In yeah, West Ham were a team that look. I mean, they didn't invest anything during the. Well, we're going to talk about so. Brighton later on. I was just saying, no one's well, really talking about. Gone, no one's pretty, almost certainly after you've gone, <laughs> but uh, not, no one fancies them to do yeah. anything special up top. No one thinks they're going to go down. They just are an entity this season, which I think, as if you're a Brighton fan, you take. Whereas West Ham fans have ended up in quite a few. Or sorry, West Ham as a team have ended up in quite a few people's three to go down this season, which is which is worrying. That was before the game at the weekend. Well, it's it's worrying considering the last couple of games of last season they didn't play too too badly but yeah. there's just something about that stadium even with you know the fans don't like that stadium because it's not Upton Park and, and understandably so I mean there was, yeah. that was one of the few away grounds that you went to and the hairs did go up in the back of your head and but Mark Webster of, of Talk Sport yeah, of course. says that's all nonsense if we were winning games they wouldn't care where we were we're playing basically, which yeah, is a, I think a, there's a, a lot of yeah, They'll be all right. They'll play think, Chelsea, do their usual play. You think I think they'll be all right because they'll get rid of Moyes. Because West Ham, uh, considering they're full of cockneys, are the most unsentimental team in the. In, they're like <laughs> Watford in a way. They will just, any hint of trouble, they'll get rid of the manager, basically. And then, uh, and that yeah. will happen before. Watford's policy is astonishing. You just. It almost seems to work. They'll probably bounce back. They need yeah, to sort their, there's a lot of clubs need to sort their kit out at the moment. And yeah. Watford's, Watford's <laughs> definitely one of them. I, don't know, I haven't heard mentioned anywhere yeah. on breakfast shows or we haven't talked about it. Was Everton's defensive setup yesterday? I mean, I've the, never seen that before. From the free kicks. From the free kicks. Yeah. And actually, when you saw the way Spurs defended for the for the goal, you think, yeah. well, actually, the Everton formation makes a bit of sense. It's quite an interesting. I've never seen that, and I wonder well, what the thinking is, is behind it. Nor is Gary Neville. Gary Neville sounded like, it was Chris, like Chris, it, it's like Chris Packham had seen the new Otter. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> so it, was, it was unusual. It was, yeah. it was, but it seemed, as I don't know enough about football tactics to know no, what he was neither. upset about, really, because yeah. it just seemed like another way of. They weren't. Well, there's no space between. Well, he's, the he's, keepers. he's always going. Like it's corner it's not man marking, it's not zonal, but it's. Yeah. it's he's obviously it's, watched the way we deliver balls from set pieces, and no, you could have had no one there. You could have brought on. Presumably, Tony could have brought on Tony Cotney or Mark Ward, and it would have been fine. Well, I think sometimes you have to look at the manager and you go, <clears> who's managing this team? Oh, a bloke called Kevin Day. Well, he hasn't got a clue. But if you look at it and go, it's Carlo Ancelotti, you think he might have. He, yeah. might, have, he might have had a look at it. With every yeah. passing year, with every passing game looking more like Frankie Howard. <laughs> 
I'm just. He really does, Carlo. He, no, I'm just waiting for the goal. We, we, we had a training Thursday. Was it Thursday or was it Wednesday? No, it was Tuesday. I'm waiting for him. I thought you were setting. I thought you were setting Andy up for one of his. I thought, oh no, Andy's got a new impression as he's been set up. Paul setting him. I thought Hamas Rodriguez is, is one of my favourite players. It's wonderful to see him in the yeah. Premier League. He was, he was brilliant. He was good, didn't he? Yeah, and I, I just think it's really annoying that yeah. trust Gary Neville to give a defensive midfield player man of the match rather than yeah. somebody who sprayed beautiful passes all over. <laughs> the, they look, I mean, Everton should be a top six team under normal circumstances, but there's, yeah. I think they probably will be this season. Uh, we've had a few Chance, come in, Kev, yeah. actually, for the back of your uh, dad saying the game went when goalkeepers wore gloves. Liam Davis says, my dad stopped watching cricket in the mid-90s because the players looked like blooming paramedics <laughs> <laughs> in the new one-way coloured kits, he says. Um, Billy says, my great-great-great-granddad stopped going to football when the goal nets were brought in. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dean McAlpin says, for him, it was white boots. Well, that goes back to Alan yeah, Whittle yeah, and Alan, Alan Ball. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, players of that vintage. So that's been a while when they started playing music after a goal scored says Chris well, three people Cogfair. called Alan we mentioned they wore yeah. white boots nobody else wore white boots <laughs> only, Alan should uh, Alan, Alan from should Everton. get some white boots I mean that's a great tradition at Everton wearing white boots so maybe Alan should get some really. well, um, what's his name oh, I can't, I can't, as I started that conversation who's the Tom Davis the, the little blonde midfield player Tom Davis Tom Davis yeah, yeah. He's, he's Alan Whittle's nephew yeah. isn't he and, and, and yeah, yeah I mean yeah. I actually said on this show once he reminds me of Alan Whittle I had no idea they were family I mean oh, really? he, he does he really yeah. does it, it, it took me back a bit of an Everton throwback so Kev when is the book out when do, uh, it's it? out it's available for pre-order now as I said on yeah. via Waterstones and Amazon it's out properly on the 1st of October right in book chat and I've, all, I've waited years to say I'm very excited about my first book but I've waited years to be able to say like it's, it's available in all good bookshops and some bad ones. <laughs> I've, I've always, I've always wanted to say that. Yes. Well, but your club, I guarantee that apart from Bar- Barrow and uh, Harrogate, and I can't apologise enough. But apart from that, your team is definitely in there. So everyone's yeah. team is in there. So, uh, plus a, a few teams that have been out of the league recently. So excellent. Well, and it's we'll, a social. It's kind of a. It's, it's meant. It's my. <laughs> My PR people was can you say, can you stop saying it's meant to be funny? It's it's, <laughs> but it is it's funny. funny. It's funny. It's a but it's a funny it's social, and it's all properly researched facts. I went. Mm. I, I had a rule that if it had to be on more than one website before I used it as a fact. So it's properly researched. It's um it's an amazing. It's stuff, good it? value. It's small print. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah you get yeah. your money's worth. Yeah, and it's good. it's it's a fantastic uh, toilet it's book. It's a, yeah, it's a great I, toilet I, book, I, isn't I mean, it? I've been asked not to say that as well. But it, well, uh, why do publishers have a problem with that? Because I, I think that's quite. Stuffy. I mean, it feels a bit low rent, but it's quite a USP. I'd say. I just think yeah. you put the word toilet next to any product, and it, and <laughs> unless it's a toilet. If you say this toilet ducks a bit toilet, you wouldn't. Yeah. It's, it's, you say you don't want anybody to say Kevin. But it is tough. I mean, I like to think there will be. I've, I've deliberately put things in there, so you have to read it. If you don't read it from cover to cover, it will be some of it will be confusing. But I'm, I'm allowing for the fact that come Boxing Day, there'll be thousands of men on the toilet going. <laughs> That's a bit confusing, that bit, because <laughs> they turn straight to Shrewsbury's Hound. Well, which okay. was my favourite. My favourite quote from any club website was uh, one from Shrewsbury Towns, which said in the 1890s, uh, Shropshire was a hotbed of football. <laughs> and it, it turned out there were forty. There were forty-eight clubs in and around Shrewsbury in the eighteen nineties. Wow! Yeah, well, there uh, you go. That's what you'll get. That's good. Uh, thank you, Kev. Good to see you. I, just, um, no, I can't you. tell you how. It's, lovely it's, to see it's you. just nice when three three handsome fellas. Yeah. Get together for the first time. I've, I forgot yeah, how good looking we all were as a trio. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, I can't tell you how nice it is to be back. Yeah, it's lovely, lovely to see you. See you. And it's good luck with the book, and we will catch up with you soon. Lovely. Cheers, lads. Uh, there we are. The book's called Who Are You, by the way, and uh, are Wimbledon in there? Yes, both. Well, Good. no, AFC in there, of course. Good, OK. Well, we'll, we'll make sure... I'm going to read the Brighton we'll, section now. We'll let Andy Brassel, Well, the Brighton, Andy the Brighton, session, the Brighton session is a problem because initially the Brighton was going to be... The chapter was just going to be a photograph of a seagull in a bin. Right. <laughs> and then the publisher said that was childish. <laughs> and then I, wrote, I reluctantly wrote a proper history of Brighton, but I, I spelt Brighton with a lowercase b all the way through. <laughs> and he said that was immature as well, so he changed that. And I, I've, I've worked out it's, it's not because he respects Brighton as a football club; it's because there's a lot of independent bookshops in that. Oh, of course, of where this, this could be. Uh, it may not be a yeah. big seller for you. It was like when Kevin Keegan did the shredded wheat and shredded wheat advert, and, and, and then nobody bought one in Sunderland. Yeah, yeah that's sugar puffs. Section. That's in the book. Yeah. Oh, sugar, yeah, sugar puffs. Yeah, sugar yeah, puffs. Yeah, we should miss every club's got a why you shouldn't support them section. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the, sorry, that's the subtext of the book. It's 92 football clubs and why you shouldn't support them. Because <laughs> I didn't want Palace fans thinking I liked any other club. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. 
Now, one of the recurring themes over the years on this show, and maybe a few others as well, has mm. been uh, intellectual property of football. It's on the face of it, you think it doesn't have a very sexy subject. No. But it is maybe a bit sexier than you think. And this involves Paul Pogba, uh, who has uh, registered his name and his dab celebration in eight different categories, including uh, things such as jewellery, watches, clothing, wallets, perfumes and grooming products. What about celebrating? So if somebody else said does the celebration, can he charge them a fee? Well, let's find out mm. from someone who knows about these uh, kind of things. John C. Warner is a senior associate with Bird and Bird's Intellectual Property Department in London. John T., good afternoon. Hi there. Hi, Paul and Andy. Yeah, well, look, good yeah. to talk to you. Hi. So, I mean, if anybody just decides to dab uh, as part of any kind of celebration <laughs> on a Sunday morning, <laughs> will, uh, will Paul Pogba be suing them? Or is that far too simplistic? Uh, I'm afraid as much as that would make a great headline, uh, <laughs> that's not strictly accurate from a legal perspective. Um, what, what owning a, a trademark registration really gives someone the ability to do is to prevent third parties from using uh, a, an identical or similar trademark in the course of trade. So someone performing a celebration when they score in the Premier League um, would, would not be deemed to be in the course of trade. So it doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't really give you you that ability does paul pogba have to prove that he invented this particular goal celebration i would imagine he'd be able to but would he have to uh no you wouldn't have to in order to file a trademark i, I should clarify that the um the trademark in question that he's actually filed is for the words pogba dab right um so he hasn't he hasn't filed for an image of him doing a dab or anything like that he's just filed for those words um it it does it does represent some attempt to um, sort of stamp his mark on, on the dab and um, have at least some kind of uh, ownership over those words. But he's, he's not going to be able to prevent people from just referring to the dab generally. And no one could question that they were, I mean, there were people doing it before him, I'm sure. So if that's the case, that, that's not an issue either because it's only in relation to the words Pogba dab that, uh, that you've got a problem. Yeah, exactly. So he hasn't he hasn't filed for the word dab on its own. Um, probably, I, I guess he may have issues getting that through to registration. Um, they probably say that that is a, you know that's a descriptive uh, term for this kind of dance. So so really, the only um, thing that he'd be able to prevent is other people referring to Pogba dab or similar in the course of trade. Um, it is it, it it's interesting to have a look at. <laughs> The, the whole range of uh, trademarks that he's filed. I mean, Pogba Dab is making the headlines, but he's. Um, I, I had a look on the registers earlier, hmm. and he's he owns a whole a whole load of. He owns a, roughly thirty trademark registrations. Right. There's some quite quite uh, quirky marks, including Pog Baby, Pog Wife, Pog Family, um, and and that kind of thing. So it. <laughs> it's really a it's really a family of uh, of Pogba trademarks that yeah. he's trying to build up. And um, suggests that he he may well want to launch his own uh, commercial empire. It's, it's hard to say exactly in which field, given that there are so many classes of goods and services covered. But obviously, he has um, he has in the past had col collaborations with Adidas yeah. uh, on Pogba clothing lines. I think he's done about six clothing lines with them. So um, perhaps we can speculate that that he may uh, want to launch his own clothing line on his own in future. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be a bit more specific around... I mean, Pogba Dab, you can see mm. Pog Dab is great. Uh, if, if it's a perfume, mm. it's a little dab behind each ear, of <laughs> course, yeah, of course, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas, I mean, awesome puns. So you'd want uh, Hair of the Pog. Which is, uh, well, I don't know what that's made. Maybe it's like a sort of hair restore yeah. or something like that. Or the Welsh one, Pogly Quim. Pog, yeah. Quim, I think the word <laughs> is, Andy. Oh, that's my Welsh <laughs> pronunciation. For this, yeah, I think you'll find it isn't. Sorry, folks. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 always, I always love the range of products Which as well. He's just got his head in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> you could have dumped it. It's not my fault. No. Yeah, look, it was an honest mistake, Andy. Um, but uh, the things that are covered, arcade games, board games, chess games, parlour games, bath toys, construction toys, dog toys, there's the hair of the pog. Yeah. Toys namely, <laughs> dolls, action figures, toy pianos, play balloons, gymnastics. I mean, you have to list extensively any, so there could be no loophole. So no one I could mean, go out and get a, uh, um, uh, fishing lures and flies with a <laughs> pog dab on them. 
I mean, there there are other um, there are other goods which are arguably even more random and and unlikely. So he's covered things like cleaning fluids and poli- <laughs> polishing preparations. Uh, you could imagine him having a, a, a range of cleaning products potentially. I'm not I'm not sure how plausible that is, but anyway, <laughs> no, it's it's, it's great stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, well, look, um, other I mean, so many players do this. He's not alone, is he? I mean, is there is there a player that there's even probably got more intellectual t- trademarks filed? than Paul Pogba. I imagine the Cristianos and Messis mm, and Beckhams, sure. they, they, they've yeah. got an even more extensive list. I mean, th- those guys certainly, I think, would... would I, I've, I've had a look in the past and they've... Uh, I, I think they've probably filed even more extensively than Pogba. But um, Pogba's certainly in the uh, upper echelons in terms of numbers of trademark filings. And it's worth saying as well that they don't just cover the, the UK and the EU. He's filed in the uh, in the US, in Japan, South Korea, etc. So... It's certainly um, a, a very large trademark portfolio. He, he probably won't know this has even happened, will he? I mean, maybe his brother or his people have mentioned it in passing. With that, but he, he he will not know nor care in most cases, well, his main will he? Concern, he, leave, he leaves it up to the the people running the business and doesn't get involved. In, I doubt if he's going to be going down sort of uh, the high street in <laughs> Manchester, stopping people selling scarves that have got Pogba dad written on them. Um, I. I I'm sure that he has people who manage these kinds of things for yeah. him. I mean, the, his trademark applications have been filed in the name of a Jersey-based company. Oh, right. um, so they're not, they're not actually held in his own name, but um, that's uh, prob- likely to be for tax reasons. Well, interesting stuff. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Jonty. Thanks, guys. Cheers. There we are, Jonty Warner, their senior associate with Bird and mm. Bird's uh, Intellectual Property Lovely. Department. Yeah. So we know all about uh, Paul Pogba, don't we now? Yeah. Talking of things and that are named. Welsh uh, soap operas. Yeah, things that are named. <laughs> you don't worry about that. Move on. Uh, Philip <laughs> Schofield <laughs> has been slammed for recommending wine that one com- customer branded Fizzy Ribena, and he's oh, got yeah. his own wine. It's called. Uh, Yes, yeah, Schofield Wine. I saw it? this, yeah. He's, he's teamed up with a vineyard, isn't he? He should have called it... Lot, it's not that good. He should have called it We Buy Any Wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. But, um, I mean, he's not the first celeb uh, to do... It's, 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 it's taken a lot of abuse, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. saw... A, I read something about it, and, hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's a sort of pucker vineyard. He's not growing it in his garden. He's just... It's one of these... <laughs> stick a celebrity name, and he's gone over there, and he's yeah. tried them all. That's the thing. He's gone out there. The stuff I read, Andy, he's gone there and he's tried them all. So it's got the Schofield seal of approval. And I don't need to tell you, there is no greater seal of approval than the Schofield seal of approval. So having put his name on it, the fact people don't like it, it, yeah. it is not great, is it, really? Uh, we mentioned uh, mm. just now the idea of uh, kissing. That You saw that. Did you see Keith Stroud, the referee? Uh, he, he may get a bit of a ticking off. Uh, the, the Watford game the other day, he took the ball off the plinth and kissed it, which is maybe part of his pre-match ritual. Oh dear, that was the end of that ball. Has he get out another well, one that, immediately? This is the trouble in in in, in sort of COVID times. Yeah. You can't be doing that, and I'm sure they'll be reminding you, Keith. Look, there was no malice in it; it was just what he does. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realise why wouldn't we expect this? But I didn't really. However, ever... the worst thing Keith does is this. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. Right. He'll probably saw off a couple of teams. <laughs> so um, yes, uh, uh, Mark Halsey. Our old mate Mark Housey, former Premier League referee, was talking about this. And he mm. said, I don't blame Keith. It's part of his pre-match ritual, I guess. He used to have his own pre-match ritual. And you think, well, why? Referees, just like players, mm. they would have their own. What uh, Mark used to do, mm. he used to throw the ball against the wall, uh, the dressing room wall, ten times before a match. Wow. Yeah, so that was his thing. Oh, well, it's just, it's, it's understandable, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway... Uh, I just passed that on in good faith. Uh, if you are a little Sunday morning, Saturday afternoon footballer, and you still have a little pre-match ritual before you go out and oh, play, I reckon everyone virtually. Do you reckon they do? No, very common. I thought. Okay, then. Well, look, share that well, with us. If referees wrong, can, referees so. can have them. And uh, Abs, the Glasgow Rangers fan, said, "I, st- I thought the game had gone when uh, players stopped doing those jump-up pretend headers when they ran out of the tunnel." <laughs> it's been a long time that Abs, isn't it? Remember, players <laughs> used to do that, leap in the air. Oh they? yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, you got. A point there. You can keep those coming as well. Kevin Day kicked us off with those. His dad felt the game had gone when goalkeepers started wearing gloves. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
from TalkSport. Yeah, I was fascinated by Spurs' new women's signing, Alex Morgan, yeah. of course, from the US World Cup winning team. Very good player. Her of the famous annoying celebration with the cup of tea. The, she did a cup of tea. She, I don't know if she's going to bring that to uh, to the hive where Tottenham's women play their game. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's got a huge social media. I know, we were talking about this before the show. 13.1 million, a combined Twitter and Instagram following. Yeah. The closest Spurs player to that is Harry Kane with 12.7 million. So it's a big... Big move for well, the, the now. Effectively, the, the the team has become a kind of marketing arm of Amazon. I mean, that would be quite the story, wouldn't it? Alex Morgan <laughs> becoming our striker. So it's Kane and Morgan up front. That that's would a good, be a departure. That's a, that's that's good, a whole right, documentary so. series in itself, isn't it? As she settles into the into the Spurs first team. That would, uh, I could see that happening. Absolutely. Now, uh, we, over the years, we've looked at uh, various letters to uh, tabloid newspapers about footballers complaining. We, we call it, what about the nurses? Uh, yeah, what about the nurses? What about the nurses? And today is a beautiful variation on that by Dawn Hawes of Canvey Island. She writes, The Sun, Premier League football is losing millions because COVID rules won't allow supporters into the stadiums. They could save money by giving players the same wage as nurses. <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? What Absolutely. about the nurses? Andy, Brilliant. I've got news of Cristiano Ronaldo. He's broken another record. Uh, have you seen this? I mean, no. Only last week we were talking about his 100th goal for Portugal and he's yeah. got a whole series of records he's broken over the years. But he has topped uh, the Footballers Engagement Ring League. What does that mean? Oh, in terms of how yeah. much money how he's much spent money on the engagement ring? On his, uh, as the papers called it, his fiance Sparkler. <laughs> which I don't want to dwell on for too long. But I'm uh, not saying anything after my last <laughs> yeah, after the last hour. I think we'll draw a veil over that. So yeah, um he has spent six hundred and fifteen thousand pounds yeah. on a diamond ring for Georgina Rodriguez, his intended. Mm. Now, um that knocks into a cock hat. <laughs> uh, Jordan Pickford, who spelt, spent a measly half a million pounds for his uh, Mrs. Morgan. Not Mrs. Morgan, obviously. That's her <laughs> first the... name. Um, <laughs> Ashley Cole. Uh, Ashley, let's, take, let's take you back yeah, for go. some engagement ring gold. Yeah. Ashley Cole spent uh, 275000 for Cheryl's. Wow. Uh, and coming in, I mean, it's not... Be- I mean, talk about kick a team while they're down. Mm. Harry Kane's taking clog because he only came 10th, having spent eighty grand uh, <laughs> on a ring for his for his missus as well. This comes It's from- a good investment if you can afford it. It's not something that's going to go down in price, is it? Okay. Beautiful diamond ring. I don't th- I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo has seen it as some kind of investment, though. Do you, do you think he looks upon the investment <laughs> no, opportunity? The, the, the fiancé might, she might. I mean, you know, he doesn't yeah. last forever. Oh, okay. That's a very cynical view well, of romance, Andy. It's hard, isn't it, these days? Well, <laughs> well you've kept going, haven't well, you? Well, I man have, but, boy. You know. but I thought there might have been a bit I'm of... a very long-suffering wife. Yeah, a bit of reverse <laughs> psychology going on, because, mm. you know, Cristiano would say, you know, I can go out and spend 1615 grand on your ring, um, Georgina, but it means nothing. So, which is why I'm using this beef hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because that, that to me says that says love, love more. More, don't you think? <laughs> looking at Becky's work, don't you think she agrees that a beef hula hoop would say or a diamond to, encrusted hula? No, no, just the bog out. He basically t- takes <laughs> it. Yeah, as long as you can eat the hula hoop, she <laughs> yeah. says, Becky. Of course, but. Um, but it's true, isn't it? That would say to me, I'd be quite moved if I was Georgine. I'd be a bit annoyed as well, right. you know, especially from the investment point of view. Oh, but anyway, I'll get you a friendship ring to yeah. celebrate our 20 years together out of a hula hoop. Okay. <laughs> no, I want something that I can, I can sell on quite rapidly. You mentioned the sparker, the sort of tabloid thesaurus there. It's a brilliant one today. This yeah. is where tabloid newspapers have to, can't use the same word twice, so they have to come up with different ways of saying it. Yeah. So Dad Paul Cooper was gobsmacked to find Britain's lengthiest chip. Oh, yeah, they've become obsessed, the son, with the biggest chip in Britain, haven't they, really? It was eight inches long. The 57-year-old shop fitter got his tape measure out before scoffing the oven-baked behemoth. (laughs) Come on, that's good, isn't (laughs) it? That is good work. Well done, Chloe Kerr. Paul was having fish with some McCain's oven chips prepared by his wife when he clocked the colossal straight-cut carb. Yeah, let's be honest, the good people at McCain's, they've decided that this is a thing and the the tabloids love it. Oh, yeah, they keep throwing one in. And so they they chuck in, like uh, like the Wonka golden ticket, they... Chuck in a kind of a mutant chip that comes <laughs> off the production line. So they'll say, stick one in that, someone will find it, like the, yeah. the Wonka Golden, and That's then it'll, true. it'll make the papers. Because uh, McCain's reckon a 10-incher could soon emerge. Oh, oh, yeah. So how would they know that? 
Well, they, they, oh, being <laughs> set up so by the McCain's chips. Oven chip behemoth. <laughs> it's true. And uh, our old friends at the NS Sherlock Institute of yeah. Obvious Poles yeah. have come up with this one. Uh, garlic prawns are the worst food to order on a first date. Well, you don't say. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? Fantastic. Garlic, so that's it. Yeah. If you want to make an impression, garlic prawns and a hula hoop engagement ring. And mm. uh, that's, you can't go wrong, uh, basically. And our old friends at the Daily Star, the Boss Watch, this is where every single match report of the lower leagues, League One and Two, yeah. has to have the word boss in it. But I've noticed a new, normally it starts off with, say, uh, it'll say, for example, Bor- uh, Bolton nil, Forest Green one. Oh, yeah. Boss Mark Cooper says. Yeah. But it, no, today it was just Mark Cooper. And it's they've done it in a different way. So the second reference is, is so it says, Bolton's defeat was the third in succession under new boss Ian Evans. They get the they get the, the word boss, boss in there yeah, every the time. Every this. You've got Boss it? Watch, that's right. Uh, talking boss of watch. bosses, Andy, uh, Velko uh, Pornovich, who is the uh, Reading, exactly. <laughs> Velko Pornovich. <laughs> Pornovich? Yeah, he is the Reading manager. <laughs> Guess what his nickname is? No idea. Go I don't on. even want to say. Velko Pornovich. What's his nickname? Hub. No, 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 no. And you've made it actually worse. I don't know. Porno. They apparently because yeah. their porno is his nickname. Porno was the shop choice to replace Mark Bowen. I thought in what context? But it's spelled P A U N O. Tremendous. Yeah. So there we are. So something you didn't know about the Reading. No. You can you can impress David Spencer, our head of news, with your Reading knowledge. There. How's old Porno getting on? You can say to him. Quite I like this record, though. On, the PE teacher, Bob Evans, uh, we can get him on, except he's in Oregon, US. He set a new world record for swuggling. What's that? That's swimming while juggling. <laughs> Making 101 catches in Oregon, US. That's tremendous, isn't it? Swimming and juggling. At, at the, so you're on your back. You'd be on your back, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I suppose you're you on get, your back. You've got to be, haven't you? you and you've got some sort of flotation front, device. Yeah, I mean, yeah it has to be, yeah. Juggling well, while drowning, that sounds right. <laughs> Let's look him up. Let's look, look him up, Andy. Do the work. Put the hours and, in. Uh, I was reading about, uh, obviously, a lot You're of people... have to be quick. Go oh, on, no, keep no, going. Right. You've got yeah. time. Go a lot on. of people are upset about a question of sport and their changes, but these things happen. It'll happen to, it'll happen to us. It'll happen to everybody. It's the yeah. way... You no, know, it is. It's the way of the world. You know, there's no point is, complaining you know. about it. And... Uh, but one bloke who complained tweet, t- tweeted... I'll remind you of that. <laughs> fine. <laughs> when it happened. And, well, no, I'll be fine about it. Angry fan Jim Barley tweeted, sick and tired of all that's good getting thrown out. And it's it's interesting, actually, that uh, Jim, I don't know if he's relating to Nathan. He might be. It's a very unusual name, isn't it, Jim Barley? Nathan Barley wasn't a real person, though, wasn't Andy. He? No, no, it was, no, a, it was a fictitious was. character invented by... <laughs> Charlie Brooker. I love that show. <laughs> I watched an old one There's recently. There's a big difference between the real world and not the real world. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We're going to be chatting to the people at the Federation of International Walking Football Associations. Mm. And get it while you can, because if FIFA get their way, they'll have to change their name. Uh, FIFA uh, are uh, considering legal action, or certainly apparently written, to the FIW FAE because they don't want people getting confused with their similar name and FIFA's. Feels a bit heavy-handed. Let's see <laughs> see what the chief executive of the FIWFA, Paul Carr, makes of it all. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thank you. So, were you a bit? So, how did this all come about? When did you receive this sort of letter from from FIFA? It came in uh, by email in July. Right. Um, basically expressing the concern and saying that we were causing uh, confusion and they gave us seven days to agree to change our name uh, change our logo and stop using the word world cup because we've got a world cup planned in manchester next year so they they were really unhappy with what we were doing which is quite bizarre really because obviously walking football is quite a new sport mm. it's very very different to football but uh uh, it's it's progressed since then. It's got to uh, gone to a London firm of solicitors now. So uh, we're waiting for them to uh, to take the next step. So you didn't Only- roll over. You you stood your corner, Paul. Yes, you're fighting this. We are. We are because we think it's ludicrous. Uh, our, our logo and our acronym is very very different to mm. FIFA's. Uh, doesn't, there's no evidence of confusion uh, in all our time. I've been playing walking football for five years, and, and the international side's been going for just over two years. And we've never ever 
seen any evidence of confusion. We we've never pretended to be uh, FIFA, and we and we wouldn't need to really. We're a different we're, we're a different sport, different market. Only FIFA could take something that's a force for good, like walking football. Yeah, for the game that for they the supposedly game. govern. Yeah, the, the custodians of the game <laughs> and do this to it. They are so idiotic. It's incredible, isn't it? Just somebody there in the office thinks that that's a threat. I mean, it's not like you're selling FIFA furniture or something, you know, like that. You know, <laughs> no, exactly. well, you must have been surprised when this happened. We, we were very surprised. Um, I mean, clearly, we're, we're not selling merchandise. We're, we're not large enough to get to that stage. You know, the brand isn't large enough to sell merchandise. Um, you know, and, and they're talking about, uh, in their letter, they said that they, they were concerned that we could be jeopardising FIFA's ability to organise future FIFA World Cups. Now, <laughs> everybody, knows, everybody knows that the next FIFA World Cup is in Qatar in 2022. Anyone mm. involved in football knows that. So the fact that we've got a small World Cup... Uh, albeit with um, 32 teams hopefully coming in, in Manchester next May, is not really going to confuse people. And as, as I said in, the, in, in a previous uh, media interview, you know, we're, we're not expecting people like Ronaldo and Messi to be coming over to play for us because they're too young anyway because we start at the age of 50. Yeah. I mean, imagine that, just yeah. saying, uh, what, what, the World Cup next year, our oh, World Cup's off. How comes? Well, everybody got so confused yeah. over the FIWFA. <laughs> no one knew whether they were coming or going. So we had to call the whole thing off. Crazy. In fact, I would consider changing your names because I think you're slightly sullied by the FIFA yeah, associations. I, I think <laughs> they debase you. Uh, you might want to distance yourself from them the way they've carried on over the years. It's, I just wonder, the sport itself, uh, uh, Paul, I mean... How have things been going? Because obviously it's aimed at an age group where maybe there's a bit more isolation, isolating and social distancing going on. But we know grassroots football can still be played. So uh, are people out there playing walking football at the moment? Yes, they are. Yeah, we've got guidelines out there for um, safe play, safe return to play. And uh, basically anyone who's playing outdoors is okay. And that's, we think about 70% of walking footballers play, currently play outdoors, so they're allowed to play. Uh, the other 30%, unfortunately, who play in indoor venues, we, we still can't get back because indoor venues are still banned. But yeah, people are beginning to play. We're, we're trying to avoid any competitive matches at the moment uh, because obviously although we're no, no contact, there is a uh, safety aspect of that. So we're, we're trying to encourage people just to play recreationally at the moment and trying to get back into it because we, we stopped in March. And obviously, for most people who play walking football, it's a really important part of their lives. Yeah. And, uh, it keeps them going physically, mentally, socially, and they, they've missed it really, really badly over the last four or five months. So it's, it's key that they can get back and, and start enjoying the game. And, you know, we, we're doing it. We've just done a big survey of the clubs and the players and uh, a huge number of people have said that it's, it's now the highlight of their lives. You know, it makes them get up in the morning and they go and have a great uh, morning out playing walking football. Sure. Yeah, that's why FIFA want to stop it. It's interesting. <laughs> the, I don't know why you don't call it the International Federation of Walking Football Associations. I mean, if you had to do that, I suppose apart from the costs of scrapping your logo. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a principle, yeah. isn't it? It's, I suppose it's so, a principle yeah. initially. You can't just let FIFA get their own way. I mean, hopefully us and others highlighting this will make them see sense. You know, it probably is just uh, somebody sitting in an office in Switzerland with nothing better to do, just looking at this and thinking, oh, I'll fire off an email, see what happens. So I think you're you're right initially. To, I mean, obviously, if it gets, you don't want to bankrupt yourselves, Paul, obviously. Mm. Um, but, no. uh, you you know, I think I think a sensible stand, I think, is, is merited. I think so. I mean, it, it's interesting. The, this solicitor's letter included some fantastic numbers uh, showing how big and, and huge the uh, the FIFA uh, uh, are in Zurich. I mean, that they got they had revenues of over six billion in the three year period of 2015 to 2018, and they've now got cash funds uh, of over two two point five billion dollars. So they're, they're obviously a lot lot bigger than we are. So yeah. we will we will endeavour with your your guys' help, which is fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we will hopefully win this. Battle and they will decide it's not, not a battle worth fighting. And it's uh, at the end of the day, there are hundreds of acronyms in the world of sport. Mm. I mean, there's, there's FIBA, which is FIBA, which is the Basketball Federation. And, you know, they're not attacking them. And, and, and they're probably a little bit closer than our acronym. I mean, I pronounce our acronym uh, FIWA. I, I, I take the, the second F as a silent F. So, uh, and there's no confusion. We're aimed at over 50s. Uh, there's no contact, there's no running, it's all walking, uh, no offside. You know, the game is very different to association football. Yeah, you should sign set blatter, that'll be all right.
Well, that you know, he's, I think he's persona non grata. But oh, Infantino crazy. starts playing it. That's it. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll soon it? change their tune then. Just very, finally on this, Paul, what, what the history of the sport? I mean, has anybody sort of charted when were these first organised games of walking football? Where did, who started doing it first? Because it has taken off. It has. I mean, there was a version, no one knows what it actually involved. There was a version called Walking Football, which was played back in the 1930s. It was played as a, a one-off exhibition game, I think. But I think it was in Lemon Aside, and it was very different to the modern version of Walking Football, which was created by John Crute, uh, who's a director of Chesterfield Football Club. And he created it back in 2011. So we're coming up to our 10 10-year anniversary of the of the game of walking football as we know it now. Um, and, and he created it to help elderly people get back into sport. And and it was a, a vision, it was a visionary uh, decision by him to, to start it. And it's taken off. We now think there's 60,000 people playing in England and it's played in 53 different countries around the world. Just a sort of credible project that FIFA should be taking under its wing and supporting as they keep talking about putting their profits into grassroots. You can't think of many... Things better to put their money into and support so. to. Yeah, anyway, good luck, Paul. Okay. Uh, keep keep in touch. Tell us how you get on. Thank you, will do. Thank you for your time. There we are, Paul Carr. There from FIWA, as they are now called, mm. Silent F, the second one. Um, and Paul uh, is the chief exec uh, of uh, the Walking Football Association, and indeed turns out for Wigan Walkers. Andy, you're mm. a good keeper. I think yeah. you would. I think you would do well in the walking football as a goalkeeper. Have you thought about joining the Chiswick Strollers? I haven't, but uh, I could be do. good for you. Yeah, yeah walking be. football. Well, yeah, I suppose so. And I haven't thought about it really. Not, not keen. Well, you know, it's not kicking off, getting Larry, two-footed yeah. walking tackles. <laughs> it's the time, isn't it? You know, what else are you up to? <laughs> You've got time. Oh, you know. <laughs> It's not keen. I don't want to point. I don't. You know, don't want to embarrass yeah. the man. I mean, if there is a team in Chiswick, though, looking for a keeper. Yeah. I mean, what's the, the the walking football? I mean, you're allowed to dive and do your. Yeah, your normal so. I've, thing, I've never you? noticed what the keepers do, really. Yeah. yeah. But that thing in walking football when you're on the halfway line and mm. it's a one-on-one where you've beat the offside trap, it's a one-on-one from the halfway line. It probably takes a while, doesn't it? You'd be standing, goalkeeper standing there looking at his watch. It's about two minutes it'll take him to get It's a good thing, though. No, it's brilliant. It's yeah, a brilliant it idea and uh, mm. let's hope they uh, they do okay against FIFA. It's uh, Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. And we mentioned earlier on Keith Stroud kissing the referee in the Watford game the other day against Borough, kissing the ball, and it's caused a bit of consternation. Um, so I think you've been telling us uh, about your pre-match rituals, and our old mate Mark Carter uh, got in touch, um, and uh, he said they used to. I think he said they used to have a, 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 a Greg sausage roll or something before the game. So that was part of the pre-match mm. ritual for them. Uh, I've lost his email now, but it was something like that. That's not a great pre-match ritual. Not is great. If you want to, you want to, repeater, then, this is thought. after the sort of early hours in the morning kebab that they'd already had. Dear. So, uh, yeah, there we are. Uh, just some of the things you did to prepare for the game. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Here we go then. Five oh, yeah. questions on last week's show for Andy Jacobs. How much can he remember? Um, we mm. spoke to Martin Coombs, the chairman of Beedale AFC, about yes. their fantastic kits. Who are their sponsors? Heck. Heck Sausages. Heck Sausages, well done. Mm. Uh, Rick Waitman joined us on Thursday, a City fan, former Brentford director. Mm. He's got a new album oh, out yeah. about which planet. <sighs> it's very prog, very prog album. Adrian would have loved it. <laughs> I'm going to guess... And say Mars. Well done, yeah, oh, Mars, the red planet. Boy, oh, you're on fire. Uh, Kieran Amos of Sawbridgeworth Town joined us. Uh, had a fantastic lockdown. Did he? Lost a <laughs> lot of weight. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then scored a winner in the FA Cup for Sawbridgeworth Town. How much did he lose in stones? Seven stone. Wow, Andy, I'm yeah. getting very worried if now. If you'd asked me who was the bloke who'd lost seven stone, I wouldn't have Yeah, but that would have been too hard. Yeah. Okay, we spoke to Alejandro Agag the other day oh, on yeah. Tuesday. Why? What was he doing? Oh, he is. He's the boss of something. Oh, I know. It's the uh, Formula E SUV racing. Yeah, oh. what's it called? Oh. <laughs> I have to hurry you. This I is the can't French freezer. Remember. 
E E E E. It's like it's like having coffee in already, isn't it? E Extreme E. Extreme E. And finally, Matt Lorenzo joined us. He's travelled round where with Ray Winston for a new TV show. Sicily. Yeah, well done. So it was just Extreme E. What did for you? And I sort of remembered him as well. Not giving him that was. What he just kept going E E E. Can't believe he's doing some animal impression. Who's it? Travelling around Sicily. Matt Lorenzo with Ray Winston. When you said they're travelling around where, I thought you meant wearing up. How boring is that? Nobody's going to watch a TV show. Have a bang on that. We'll do Stephen in next week. Yeah. Could go to Sawbridge with and go and see old Kieran All of it. It's only down the road. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again uh, tomorrow. Um, Paula Ratcliffe among our guests. So until then, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.